Hello again, welcome back to Girls Camp. I'm Haley Rawl, your host, and this is episode two. First and foremost, before I forget, last week I neglected to shout out Janessa Smith, aka Gold Myth Music. She is the one who wrote the intro song for the podcast, and I love it so much. I asked her to come up with something that sounded like a camp song, and she delivered. I think it's so fun. It is unbelievably catchy. It has fully been stuck in my head since she sent it to me two months ago, and it's probably stuck in your head too, which I kind of love. I am really blown away that anybody listened to last week's episode I am so grateful if you tuned in, if you reached out and commented or DM'd or left a review. I'm not joking when I say it means the world. As I said, I so badly want to build a community around this podcast, and I feel like that is already happening in ways I could not have even hoped for. So thank you again for being here and for coming back for more. I am so happy to have you. So, last week I left you in the kitchen of my friend's house when I had the realization that I was going to step away from the church for good. That is where I'm going to pick up the story today, and I'm going to try my best to tell the happenings from then until now and talk more about where I sit today and where I've essentially come to in the present moment. I also asked for you all to submit any questions that you have about that part of my journey, and I got some really, really thought-provoking questions that I'm so glad you wrote in. I'm going to be answering those questions as I tell the story and then maybe answer a few at the end as well. Some of the questions are so good that I am going to put a pin in them for future episodes where I want to do more of a deep dive into different facets of the journey and different topics. So stay tuned for some of those topics we're going to dig into more. Again, today I'm just going to do my best to give a bit of an overview and see if I can sum it all up. I do feel like as I've been thinking about what I want to share on this episode, it feels for some reason a little bit heavier to me than what I shared last week, and I'm not totally sure why that is. I think I just want to get a little bit more into the emotions around leaving the church and some of the anger that came up for me and the confusion in the rebuilding phase. So I just wanted to let you know that right off the bat, it may be a bit heavier, but hopefully we'll have some fun along the way. And I know I said I wasn't going to disclaim a lot, but I'm going to make a disclaimer. And that is, this is my journey. I am one person and I have my own experience, your journey, 
certainly will look different because you're a different person in a different context. And as I share my story and my bits of advice, maybe I hope that you know, again, this is just me. I'm one person who's gone through it. And again, I think it's really helpful to hear multiple stories to destigmatize the topic so that we can learn from each other and connect with each other. But I am not out here claiming that I've done this all in the best way, not even close. I'm just going to share what it looked like for me and make of it what you will. If you're here purely for entertainment purposes, that is also totally great. I just don't want anyone to feel like I'm imposing anything on you by telling the story. So I just wanted to make that super clear before we get going. Alrighty, I made the decision to step away from the church. And at that point, a lot of things were already in the works, I would say. Meaning, as I mentioned, we, Bentley and I, had already been navigating outside of the word of wisdom. I had taken off my garments, I think almost a year before I decided to officially step away. I had decided not to wear my garments anymore. And I had already been really taking a look at the beliefs of the Mormon church and trying to see what things I believed and didn't believe and what resonated and didn't. And I feel like deciding to step away, what that did for me was just really accelerate the exploration process beyond the church and really the growth. I feel like I began to grow more quickly once I decided I was going to step away. It allowed me to take a big step back develop more of a bird's eye perspective or a more objective perspective, even though objectivity, I think, especially when it comes to beliefs, is nearly impossible. But I was able to have more objectivity to really look at the belief system of Mormonism and actually be able to tell what was working for me and what wasn't. And again, just continue trying things that even though I had started that process, I was still holding back, I think, before I decided I really was going to step away. So for example, I had decided to take my garments off, but I was still mostly wearing clothing that you couldn't tell I wasn't wearing garments under. And at this point, I began purchasing clothes and wearing clothes that were very obviously not going to work with garments. Basically, I developed more security around wearing what I wanted to wear, wearing what felt comfortable to me, and not feeling the need to still be in clothing that looked like there were garments under it. And that was because, A, I wasn't as worried about how I was going to be perceived from the outside, And B, I think it was just, again, another step, another progression in feeling like I was making decisions for myself and choosing to wear what I felt good about, not wearing the things I had been taught or conditioned to think were the right things to wear. The same thing was happening with the Word of Wisdom stuff, where before we had dabbled a little bit had some edibles, smoked some weed, but were still, I guess, 
just being slow and still had some fear and guilt around substances. And that didn't just immediately go away, but I started wanting to explore those things a little bit more and being able to detach some of the shame and guilt that I had associated with drugs and alcohol and coffee even. I actually, unfortunately, hate coffee. I'm sorry. I'm a Diet Coke gal for life. But all that to say, again, just that exploration was happening more in earnest. And the word of wisdom thing is particularly fascinating. And that is something I'm going to do a deep dive episode on in the next couple of months because I think there is so much to talk about there. I want to get more into the first time I did an edible that I talked about last week, the first time trying alcohol, kind of where I've landed on substances and how those fit within my life. Someone wrote in a question that I thought was super interesting. They said, essentially, I'm an ex-Mormon and I just don't like alcohol. I don't think it's good for you. And I'm curious where other ex-Mormons fall on that scale. And I want to get way more into that. And I also want to hear all of your stories of trying alcohol for the first time or the first time you went to a bar. I think those stories are so funny and interesting. And I want to give it the attention it deserves. So while those things were happening, I was also deconstructing the belief system of Mormonism in a bigger way than I had been before. And at this point, I feel like a lot of the truths of the church I already knew didn't fit right for me. They didn't feel right. They didn't resonate anymore. But I still feel like there was so much more to unpack around religion in general. I really had to look at religion as a system and see what I thought and felt about that. Thinking about Christianity and my belief in God, there was just a lot to look at and think about. What ended up happening for me is I feel like I worked through a lot of my beliefs to get to a clean slate. I didn't want to, after deconstructing my Mormon beliefs, I didn't want to plug a new belief system in to make up for that emptiness, so to speak. I worked hard to get to more of a space where I essentially said, I really don't know about anything. And I lived in that uncertainty for a really long time. And I would say I'm still in a big way in that place with my beliefs where I'm not sure about a lot of things. There are a lot of things I'm still exploring and learning about and trying on for size. But I feel like I'm slowly coming to a place where I feel more ready to engage my spiritual side and start rebuilding my spirituality for such a long time after leaving the church, anything spiritual felt so connected to Mormonism that I just didn't feel like I could really go there. 
And I'm glad I took a long time to just take a step back, let life happen, let ideas and thoughts kind of flow, and just give myself a really good amount of space before I started digging back into my spiritual self, I guess. And now, again, I'm more excited to do that and am learning more and thinking more about that. But I would say in a general sense, I still don't know a lot of things. I have hopes for certain things. I have senses that certain things are true, but I don't even really feel confident in saying, I know this, I know that. And I actually feel really good being in that space of uncertainty. I imagine I might be in the space for the rest of my life and that feels mostly really peaceful for me. I want to read a question that came in that I have been thinking about so much. I think it's super, super interesting. This person wrote in and said, I'm wondering if you knew the church wasn't true in the same way people know it is true who are all in. Or do you just reside in the uncertainty? I'm half in, half out, and I'm just wondering if there are people out there who are out of the church who don't know whether it's true or not, but don't really care. Don't know if that makes sense and how you rebuild your beliefs or if you're fine not knowing anything for sure and just focusing on living your life. I think this is so interesting to compare knowing the church is true with not knowing the church is true. Because I do feel like there's this interesting thing. I mean, if you think about testimony meeting, people will go up to the pulpit and say, I know the church is true. And in a really large way, that knowledge for them is built on experience and feelings. Essentially, they're saying, I know the church is true because I've felt it be true. I've done the church things, I've prayed about it, and I feel through the spirit, but basically based on a feeling, they feel that it's true. And I feel like comparing that to how I feel outside of the church, it does feel similar to me in the sense that while a lot of my deconstruction of beliefs has been based on learning historical facts and on knowledge, in a big way, it also feels very much in the realm of feeling and intuition where I can say, I know it's not true because it doesn't feel true. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't resonate. And I know those are different words maybe than we would use within the church, but I still find that question really fascinating because if you apply that same principle, I guess, of feeling I think you can say outside of the church, you also feel that it's not true in the same way you can feel it's true inside the church. However, I also just don't know if I even view truth the same way. I think that there are certain truths that feel very obvious to me, such as it's important to love people and to serve people and the truths about being a good person and contributing to the world and society and other truths just don't matter to me. Things like profits, for example, 
I'm just not really concerned about a prophet having a right authority. It just doesn't feel very relevant to my own spiritual journey anymore. So to go back to that question, I feel like there is a piece of that that I would say, yeah, I just am fine to not know the exact truths of how everything panned out historically or I don't need necessarily to understand all the ins and outs of everything because it doesn't feel like it matters very much to me. I think this really ties in with another question that someone wrote in, which says, how did you navigate the balance between trusting yourself and pride? When I'm most anxious, I worry about making decisions, especially regarding stepping away from the church, because I think I know more than everyone around me, which is likely not true. I can relate with this so much. What kept me in the church for a long time, I think, is my attachment to humility and feeling like humility meant I needed to abandon myself and my own intuition in order to follow authority even if it was really difficult or didn't feel right. And I find it so interesting that this person who wrote in used the word pride because I think I really connected with that because I think I felt really similarly towards the beginning of leaving the church where I worried a lot that I was being prideful to say, I know more than the prophet or I know more than you know, X, Y, Z, any other person who was in the church and had decided to stay. But I think for me, that was a really important thing to deconstruct and realize that following your intuition and doing what's right for you is empowering and good. And it doesn't mean you're prideful or you think you're smarter or better than anyone else. It just means that you know yourself better than anybody else does and that was a huge thing for me to reclaim outside of the church this understanding that I know myself and I know what's best for me and I am allowed to discover and decide what I want to believe and how I want to live my life and I'm more qualified to do that than anybody else and that just doesn't stem from pride But I totally validate where you're coming from because I've been there and I know what that feels like. And I think a lot of what we learn in the church teaches us that humility can mean abandoning yourself to listen to authority. And I personally don't see it that way anymore. Okay, I guess I'm just answering questions at this point. I feel like these questions are really helping me talk about different parts of my journey and so I'm just going with it this other question I think really ties in along these same lines it says once you decided to leave did you just feel peace about it or were you still confused or a little bit of both currently going through this right now I was definitely a little bit of both I think it came and went and sometimes still comes and goes in waves the peace and the confusion 
And I will say the confusion has lessened over time and the peace has grown. That doesn't mean I still don't find myself feeling confused sometimes or feelings of guilt and shame will sometimes randomly get triggered. But for the most part, that confusion, again, has, I would say, healed with time as I've learned and grown and just moved past some of those religious beliefs and conditioning, I have found a lot of peace. So if you're in the midst of that confusion, I still feel like I use such Mormon religious words like midst, but if you're in the midst of that confusion, it really does get better. I think sometimes you just got to wait it out and keep doing your thing and you will find that more and more you'll be able to develop that peace around it as opposed to the confusion. I had quite a few questions about if I've told my family, when I told them, how that went, what I said. There are a lot of you who are out or maybe faith transitioning and don't know how to broach the topic with friends or family members who are still members of the church. This is such a difficult thing, at least it was for me. It is really scary to tell family members and friends who are still in the church that you have decided to leave for so many reasons. It's supercharged. It can be very delicate. It's emotional on both sides. And I'm sorry if you are feeling nervous and gearing up to do that. I have told my family that I left the church. I suppose that is fairly obvious considering I'm doing a public podcast about leaving the church, but I waited quite a while, probably almost a year, over a year from deciding to leave the church until I told them. And I spent a lot of time during that year, maybe even year and a half, being really worried about telling them. And my friend Jacqueline, who I've already referenced before, she was going to a life coach who specialized in faith transitions. And I was talking one day with Jackie about how I wanted to tell my family, but I just wasn't sure if I was ready yet and I was really nervous about it. And she shared this question with me that her life coach had shared with her, which is, Is it more important to you to be known and rejected or unknown and accepted? And she explained to me that neither of those choices is inherently right or wrong. It's just a really good way to take a step back and look at where you are and decide what really is most important for you at the time. That was so huge for me because I was able to cultivate a lot more acceptance around the fact that I was in a space for a while where I was okay being unknown about my religious beliefs because I did prioritize acceptance. And that was a huge thing to be able to take my time and be patient with myself and understand that that was an okay choice 
And as time passed and things progressed and I changed, I began slowly to inch toward wanting to be known in that way, even if I ran the risk of being rejected. And I let that happen until it got to the point where I was really certain that I was ready to be known regardless of what the outcome was. And I'm really glad I waited because I think it made telling my family where I was at so much more productive. And I think I just felt much more secure and solid in where I was at personally, which just helped in having that conversation and in moving forward from there. And I think that question is so useful if you find yourself in that place where you maybe feel like you want to tell certain people, but you don't know if you're ready. I think that's a great question to pose and it may help you see where you're at and if you are ready to have that conversation and if you really are okay with the outcome regardless. A little bit of context on my family. I am super close with my mom and my two sisters. We are two years apart in age, so I have an older sister, a younger sister, and then I have a little brother who came, I think it's nine years after my little sister, so he's kind of like the second generation of siblings in my family, and I knew that I wanted to tell my mom and sisters together. I knew I didn't want my little brother to be there because I wanted my mom to be able to have that conversation with him however she thought was most appropriate because he was probably 14, I think, at the time. And when I knew I was ready to tell them, there were a couple of times when I found myself in that grouping with just my mom and sisters, and I just felt so nervous the whole time. I had a pit in my stomach and a lump in my throat, And the whole time we were together, I was waiting for the perfect moment where I could bring it up. And it just kind of made me miserable. So the third time I was together with my mom and sisters, we happened to be eating at Cubby's, a restaurant in Provo. And I started feeling nervous. And I was like, I literally just have to do this. So I'm not nervous every time I'm with my mom and sisters because we hang out all the time. So we're sitting at Cubby's and I swear someone was mid-sentence and I blurted out, hey, I have something to tell you. And I proceeded to tell them I had decided to step away from the church and I had kind of a little spiel I had rehearsed beforehand. I essentially said, hey, I know this might be hard and disappointing. I've struggled to know how to bring this up, but... I love you all and I just want you to know that this is where I'm at and what I've decided to do. And I was met with so much respect and grace and love in that moment, which I am more grateful for than I can articulate. My family, we proceeded to have a conversation where someone, I can't remember who, asked me, can I ask why? And I had made a decision beforehand that I didn't want to get super into all of my reasons just because all of my mom and sisters are active members and I knew that 
even though we could have a productive conversation, I just didn't feel like it was going to be the best thing for our relationship to get into all of my reasons why. So to answer that question, I simply said, you know, I have a lot of reasons, but ultimately I've tried really hard to make it work and it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't feel right and it's not how I want to live my life. And they honored that boundary to not get super into the nitty gritty around all of it. And it's not that the conversation was perfect. I think it was difficult for all of us because it's a little uncomfortable. It's heavy and kind of sad. But I am so, so glad that my family showed up for me in that way of offering me respect. And I really hope that I returned that respect to them. And we had a good conversation about it. And honestly, very little has changed in my family dynamic. My mom and sisters are still my best friends. And although we don't relate on our religious beliefs, we respect each other and it's just not really an issue. I understand that that is really, really lucky. And I know that that is not the experience for everybody because I have heard other experiences that friends have had and that other acquaintances have had in telling their family members or telling friends. And I know people have been ostracized. I know that they have been really pressured into coming back to church or really pushed on why they've left and people have argued with them. And I just want to validate that if your experience was different, I'm so sorry. It is such a difficult, difficult thing to open yourself up that way, knowing that you are likely disappointing your family members and your friends and to have those family members and friends validate that disappointment, I just think is incredibly difficult. I can imagine that my family members have a lot of feelings around me leaving the church. And what I'm really grateful for is that they never made it my problem. They dealt with those feelings as they saw fit, maybe amongst each other or with their own partners or whatever it may be, but they never turned back toward me and said, you've disappointed me or you've made this awkward or you've made this hard for us. And I feel like as grown adults, when we choose to go our different ways and go down different paths, we really do owe each other that respect and support. And again, I really hope that I've returned that to my family the way they've given that to me and it's the kind of situation I would wish for anyone, honestly. If that's not how you were met when you had that conversation or if because of your family dynamic, you can imagine that that's not how it will go, I hope you feel welcome here and know that you are loved and accepted and I really am proud of you. Faith transitioning is so hard. Opening up about it is so hard and... That's a big part of why I want to be sharing these things publicly is because I want you to feel like you have a space where you are accepted, especially if you don't have that in your own spheres or circles. I did have a bit of a 
situation, I will call it, with an extended family member. Essentially, I told my mom and sisters that they were welcome to tell whomever in our extended family or family friends. I was happy with them sharing that information. I said it's not a secret. I didn't really feel like announcing it to everyone, so word got out. And one of my extended family members kept questioning my mom, well, why did she leave? Why did she leave? And there was a couple occasions where they called me and I didn't answer, and I kind of felt like they were going to broach that subject with me. And I just knew it wasn't going to be a good conversation. I didn't want to have it. I didn't want to get into a debate about anything, and I just didn't feel comfortable talking about it with this person. So I ended up writing an email. I love writing stuff. I also think if you need to email or text and get your thoughts out that way, that is so valid. I emailed this person and just gave them a brief explanation of how I tried to make it work and it didn't work for me. And I said... I loved them and I set a boundary pretty clearly that I didn't want to talk about this with them and they responded with an email that was pretty difficult for me. They essentially implied a lot of disappointment in my decision and said they have seen people step away from the church and seen their families suffer because of it and They said their piece, which wasn't really fun for me to read, but it wasn't the worst thing ever. And then they said, I'll respect your wishes and I won't bring this up again. And they haven't. And we've been able to be around each other and it's been okay. So although that wasn't the easiest thing to read some of their thoughts and feelings they had about me leaving, I'm really grateful that they respected the boundary that I set And I feel like I know boundaries, boundaries, boundaries is the buzzword of the century, but I do feel like one of the best ways to navigate this with certain people is just to set a boundary. If you know it's not going to be productive to go there, just don't go there. You don't have to. And setting a really straightforward boundary of not wanting to talk about it and not being approached by it, then you can just hold yourself to that boundary. And if it's not met, then you can make the steps you need to make so that you feel safe and supported. That's the best advice I have around any of that. As I said, I feel fortunate in that I haven't had to navigate a ton of that in my familial relationships or friendships. I told my dad, I mentioned last time he has a very unorthodox relationship with the church and so I wasn't really worried about telling him he was a very safe space and was very kind and I feel like for the most part it went about as good as it could go. One funny thing that happened my family we very much cope with things through humor. It's still my number one coping mechanism personally And after we had that conversation at Cubby's, my mom and sisters and I got in the car and my sister was listening to her audiobook on, I swear, three times speed. She listens to audiobooks so fast and we were kind of joking and laughing about that. 
And I was telling my family, I said, I hate reading the scriptures with Bentley because he reads so slow. He just really likes to relish every word and it just makes me crazy. And my little sister was sitting in the passenger seat and she turned around to me in the back and was like, is that why you left the church? (laughs) So it was nice to have a little lighthearted comedic relief after that heavy conversation. Okay, I am going to answer another question. Someone asked, were you angry at the church? How did you get past it? I do think that the phases of grief apply to leaving the church, at least the anger phase. I certainly was angry at the church for a lot of different reasons throughout deciding to leave the church and then leaving, and I still sometimes have anger flare-ups when I see certain rhetoric being shared in the church or certain things happen in church news that are really upsetting. I do think that the anger, at least for me, has subsided in a big way, but I think feeling angry is a really valid response when you leave the church. I know I was really lucky in how my family relationship has been able to work through it, but one thing that does make me angry is when families get broken up or really, really struggle because of certain family members leaving the church. And I wish that the church had better resources for believing members to know how to better love and support family members who leave. I feel like obviously it is a personal choice how individuals are going to react to that. So I'm not putting all the blame on the church, but I do feel like there is rhetoric in the church. There are doctrines that are taught that make it difficult sometimes for family members to wholeheartedly accept the other members of their family who leave or to make them feel unconditionally loved. And that to me is a tragedy. I feel like for a family-centered church, it's unfortunate that it can so often be such a giant wedge in family relationships, and it makes me mad. It makes me upset, and I hope that things will get better in that regard, and I do feel like there are certain resources like um, Julie Hanks on Instagram is a really good one who is teaching believing members how they can support family members who leave. But when I see or hear of people being ostracized or made to feel less than for choosing a different path outside of the church, it just bums me out and it makes me feel frustrated that there are certain principles still being taught in the church about needing to bring back wayward people that often causes inappropriate preaching and pressuring that people feel entitled to because that's how they're interpreting these things being taught at church. And again, I just really hope that gets better because it's incredibly unfortunate that so many families cannot hack the mixed faith dynamic. And again, I'm not saying the church is fully to blame, but I do feel like 
the church can and should do better in how they talk about that and how they help prepare people for the fact that at this point, I think it's an an inevitability that families will all face at some point, and I wish that more families were able to handle it better. Next question, someone asked, were you scared of the thought of raising kids without Mormonism? I don't think I was ever very scared of this thought. I feel like maybe at some point, but by the time I decided to leave the church, I actually felt very excited about the prospect of raising my children outside of Mormonism. I feel like it is absolutely daunting in one aspect to have a pretty clean slate as far as what you're going to teach your kids. When you grow up within Mormonism, so much of the values and standards are just baked into the religion and when you leave that it's different as an adult than it even is to then think about okay well what do I want to teach my children and I have twin girls they're just turned 10 months old so I'm not really teaching them much of anything yet but my plan my hope is just to let them know that I don't know everything allow them to learn about multiple belief systems and ideas and teach them to go with what feels good for them. And that's my plan as of now. And it feels great. I don't feel nervous about it, really. I think that there is so much good science and psychology around child rearing and there's so many resources that I feel really empowered to, you know, answer their questions along the way and hopefully do my best. We'll see. It feels good to have it all out there. It's all on the table now. And now I'm super excited to move forward with some deep dives on some of these topics that we've touched on. And I'm really excited to get your stories One episode I have in mind for the future, near future, is doing crazy mission stories. I've been pondering my own mission stories, and I have many a crazy story to tell, as I'm sure many of you do too. I have some exciting guests in the works, and I just can't wait. So hope that you'll join me next week, and I hope you have a wonderful week in between. Thanks for joining and see you next time. Cheese.